This is episode three with Lydia Lauer. Have you ever wondered how do artists come up with ideas for their next painting? How do CEOs disrupt industries? How do chefs combine unexpected ingredients? Where do leaders find their strength and courage? Well, you've come to the right place. Magical Humans is about to make you feel seen and connected on a whole other level. My name is Vania Vananina. I'm an artist and creativity expert, and I am on a mission to talk to extraordinary people about their creativity, failures, wins, and everything in between. My wish is that these magical humans inspire you to take the leap and lead a creative life. Thank you for coming and agreeing to do this a talk interview thing about magical humans. You're you're one of them. Mm-hmm. So I feel very honored that you are here and they're going to share with us your experience as a career woman and also as a mom. And and how those two blend. Okay. Yes. Tell us about what do you do? So most of my hours of the day, the week, the year are spent at work, away from home. And I work in advertising and corporate advertising for basketball, apparel, and footwear. And it's – I'm not a basketball player. I did not grow up playing basketball. I am a casual – I have my whole life been a casual basketball fan. Um, (laughs) But definitely in the past year and a half, become much more active and knowledgeable in the sport Mm -hmm. and um, really love the sport. So I work in corporate advertising, so I develop TV commercials um, that show up at really exciting moments in time when, you know, all eyes are on basketball. And I get to do create stories um, with our agency partners and with our athletes about some of the best athletes in the world. So really, truly inspiring stuff for men's and women's basketball. That's amazing. Just to set the record straight, so you were not a college basketball player? No. At all. Did you play anything in college? Yes, I was a runner. And you went to Oregon University? I went to Seattle University Okay, for four years, and I graduated with art history and graphic design, so sort of in the marketing world, but not really. Um, And then I wasn't quite ready for the real world, and I was dating someone who I ended up marrying, and we wanted to be close to each other. So I went to University of Oregon. and then After those four years? Uh, after those four years. Okay. And then pretty much once I got to school there, we broke up because we were, like, we were too close to each other. It was, like, you know, just one of those, like, very typical things. <laughs> like, oh, now that we're in the same place. Actually, oh, it doesn't work. Actually, the truth is, I think the w- more cliche story is um, I graduated from college. We went to Europe mm-hmm. and then broke up after that. <laughs> okay. Whatever. And then did a year of, it's called Digital Arts was mm-hmm. the program they have at University of Oregon. So it's kind of like a program where you get to develop your own um, curriculum focused on what you want. And mine was on branding and marketing mm-hmm. and art. Um, and I created kind of like street art propaganda type posters and stuff like that. And then... Um, that sounds like fun. It was really fun. And then coincidentally, like what coincided with that was kind of a pop-up shop that featured a lot of the same messaging and artwork, but on handbags Ooh. that I made myself, which were really – you, you sold Yeah, them. I sewed them. And I like screen printed all of the designs. 
Um, and they're really ugly, but my mom still has a few. <laughs> did you learn? Did you know how to sew before in screen print, or did you learn how to? I learned the, it there for the project. For the project, so very resourceful. Yeah. And were you interested in branding and storytelling before you went to that program, or was yeah. it just like so? Art history introduced me to a handful of like female artists from the seventies and eighties, um, sixties, seventies, eighties, really that were all about kind of female empowerment, feminism. Corita Kent. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then I've always loved Frida Kahlo. So she also had just like a very strong sense of self, obviously depicting herself in all of her artwork. So I think a lot of the artists that I was attracted to all had very strong messages around f being a female and feminine identity. Mm -hmm. So um, the work I did was kind of a mixed media, I guess, and mixed messages really of strong, powerful statements about being a woman. And then um, I juxtaposed those with images of myself. And this is like 2005, six, seven. And it's really funny because like selfies didn't really exist then. Mm -hmm. But I was like using a self-timer to take pictures of myself in these kind of like funny poses. I don't know. I just always liked fashion and stuff. So I would dress up and like take pictures of myself and then take those images and then in put Photoshop. Them on the box. Well, in Photoshop, like distort them and do different things to them with colors or whatever and then put type over it. And so then throughout Seattle, where I went to school, I in my neighborhood in Capitol Hill, I would put up these posters, like mm -hmm. Wheat Pace, like Shepard Fairey was someone that I really liked and idolized as well. And I had one that was like me with a jacket open, like open, mm -hmm. like exposing my body, but I had clothes on. Yeah. Um, but then I put on it a Target, like the uh -huh. Target logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and it was, that poster was all red and white. And so it had the Target logo and then I forget exactly what it said, but something about like something about being a target or being I see. as a woman, as a woman. And then the local paper, like the artsy paper, Seattle Stranger, which is mm -hmm. like a Willamette Week or a whatever. The Mercury. Um, the Mercury. Yeah. They picked that up and put it because they had like a poster of the week that they did for mm -hmm. like street art. And they, and they picked, picked it up. They picked it up and they thought it was like, they were like, they wrote this kind of cute little thing about it, like not sure what it was about. And they were like, is this like from Target? Is it like propaganda? Is it like, so I was like getting oh all the stuff God. I wanted out of it. So that was pretty funny. Did you come forward? No. Okay. No. And I had like a tag name and everything. <laughs> <laughs> this is like really that's fun. Like, like you were doing your thing. 10, 11 years ago. That's wild. Yeah. Well, so how did you start working uh, for, you know, in basketball advertising? Yeah. So I um, had an internship that same, around that same time, 2006. When you were done? 2005, with... 2006. I think it was my June, going into my senior year of college. Okay. In so Seattle? I, I, in Portland. Oh, in Portland. Okay. So um, my uncle uh, had founded a sports training company that mm -hmm. was all about marketing to kind of high school athletes. And he had always been, like, really um, great with me and, like, nurturing things that I wanted to do. He'd take me out to, like, take your daughter to work day as, like, a little kid. My parents were teachers growing up, so I think he was, like, she's in a school all day. She's not going to go to take yeah. your daughter to work day there. Um, but really he, clever and thoughtful of Yeah, your... extremely thoughtful, and he's just a, a phenomenal guy. Anyways, so he ultimately offered me a summer internship. And, at his company. At his company, and I took that and it was great experience and then once I got out of school I got like not really full-time but like I got brought on to the team to do like event support and marketing support and like really you know 
good things to learn as a young person to learn about like an office culture and mm-hmm. um, marketing. Um, and ultimately, his company was then purchased by the company I work for now. Mm-hmm. And so I got introduced to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And and you were still I was still was that with them during your internship. Um, no, so I had an internship, and then I went to Eugene for the mm-hmm. program, and then I came back, and oh, and then I went to Mexico for like four months and just traveled and stayed and lived with my family that lives down there. Because you are half Mexican, yes. half American, yes. right? So who's who? Uh, my mom's side is Mexican. Okay. So in Monterrey. From Monterrey. That's okay. where I went for um, four months and I stayed with my tia Norma. And she's an entrepreneur and a lot of my um, family is entrepreneurs down there. Um, but she had a children's clothing textile company. Mm. So she first did the textiles and then she became a clothing designer and hired designers to work with her. So I sort of had like a loose internship with her, Mm. um, helping them with some like t-shirt designs, but her stuff is sold in like all the big department stores in Mexico. Mm -hmm. Um, So she, I lived and worked with her and just got to know my family down there really well, which was amazing. And then came back in like December. So 11 years ago, Mm -hmm. I guess that's bizarre. And then once I came back from Mexico and after the holidays, I started working for my uncle more on that like real, not internship, but like a real basis. Did that for a year and a half or so, met a lot of great people and found some great mentors. And then they were purchased by the other company. I see. Who I work for now. So at the larger company, at the more corporate company, not the startup world, I made some really great mentors. And I remember speaking to one of them one time just you know, we set up kind of monthly check-ins and she was really sweet. And I still don't really have an idea what my like goals in life are. And I definitely didn't then. Um, Just knew that I wanted to like try new things and explore. So she, I said to her, like, I think I'm ready to try something different. And the company had what they call stretch assignments. So you can be like, stretch, like stretch. Yeah. Okay. So like, you know, if you're working in marketing, but you want to learn about design, mm. they'll say, great, we're going to set you up and you can do this little project for three months. See oh. how you like it. If the team likes you, this, that, the other. That's really cool. Yeah. And so, it provides, you know, insight into other department and opportunities. Yeah. So I said to her, like, I think I want to try a stretch into a different team. And she's this really, like, important woman there. And she was like, no, I don't think that's a good idea. I think you should just look for a new job. Like, Within the company. Oh, within the company. <laughs> that sounds like, I think just Yeah, leave. get out of here. No, so I mean, I think her point was like, don't take this little step. You're ready for a big step. Okay, do the whole thing. Yeah. Like, do it. And she said, here's a job that's opening up. I think it would be great for you. Um, talk to this person and see what see what they'll say because they're moving on from the job. So like I immediately emailed that person after I left her office. And that person was like, oh, yeah, we're closing that job today. Like we've, we've got enough applicants. <laughs> like. We think we, we found someone. And, and, and what, sorry, it, what is this next So that role department? was like early days social media. Okay. Digital marketing. Digital marketing. marketing so yeah. it was social media, Twitter, mm-hmm. Facebook. Landed an interview and made a great impression. I cried a little in the interview um, in a good what way. What about? I was just like really happy to be there and wanted not didn't even like mean it in the sense of like wanting them to like see how excited I was, but like. I think I didn't cry. I just like got a little bit like, you know. No, but you got emotional. Which I got is, like. I love that you're sharing this yeah. because how many of us, especially women, are like, you know, in the corporate world, yeah. in a office situation, especially in an interview yeah. when you're like, I'm selling myself yeah, for this yeah. super strong applicant. Yeah. And like getting emotional. I love that. Yeah. Lydia. Yeah. So I did. 
ultimately got the job. That was great. And spent a few years doing that. Then wanted to move on, was exposed to the world of advertising through that. And so an opening uh, came up within the advertising team. And I had talked to some people I knew, interviewed for it. And I got that job. And that was great. Did that for about two years. And then I got pregnant, uh, surprisingly to me. (laughs) I didn't think I'd get pregnant when I did. I thought I would wait a few years. But I got pregnant and then took about six months off. And came back to a new, the same job, but mm-hmm. we had a new leader. Okay. And on my first day back, he was really great and sort of just setting up time with me, 30 minutes, just be like, welcome back. What do you want to do? What are you excited about? Da, 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 da. Then I had spent a lot of time over my maternity leave just thinking about, okay, what do I want to do? That's, what's next? What's next? And um, I said, I think I want a different job. I think I want to go back to the digital world. Mm. So I'd been in the traditional advertising world working with, you know, the best partners and teams in the industry and was telling great stories and doing great work. But I just wanted to do something different. You were not fulfilled completely? Yeah, it was it was it was good, but I wanted to be more immersed in my work kind of. Mm -hmm. So the work that I had been doing was very it was like the pressure's on and you're working super hard, but there was like peaks and valleys to it. I see. Instead of being like a more organic flow? No. Or? I ended up going into a job that was like crazy the whole time. Okay. And I just knew that I needed something that was going to be really stimulating mm. just for myself and for me to learn more things. And That is key. Knowing yourself yeah. and being like, I need something else. <laughs> I need something that's a little bit more challenge. I needed the challenge. Mm. And something that was going to keep me excited. A newborn wasn't enough of a challenge. Yeah. Well, he was six months, so <laughs> whatever. But I just needed something that was going to be challenging, help me grow, mm-hmm. introduce me to new people and get new experiences. And then like later that day, I had an email to the VP of the new department that I wanted to be in mm-hmm. from my current boss. And he was like, let's find something to work out for her. Let's see what there is. So I got one of those stretch assignments. Mm-hmm. And then... It was in the global digital team, and it was great, and I um, loved that work with probably my best and favorite team that I've ever had um, in my career so far, and we're still really tight, and I miss them every day, but it was great to work within that team and what made learn them from the each best? other. It was just a very friendly environment and very um, nurturing mm. and very fun and playful and we worked really hard, but we... You played really hard. Yeah, and it wasn't like... <laughs> Yeah, not in that like sort of typical way, but it was just like it felt like a family in a way that we all supported each other and we cared mm. about each other. And like you'd walk in and someone would be like, oh, I love your new haircut or like, yeah. I don't know, it's just a very like and nurturing, then I, friendly environment yeah, yeah. where you feel comfortable and totally, which I didn't sport. have like before. And now I don't completely have still my team's great, but, you know, it's something that we still all realize like that was just really special what we had. Mm. Um, so that job was great. And then I went in January of 2017. Um, we had like a reshuffling of people and I landed in our global advertising team. And so it'll be two years in January. And I've been on basketball for about, oh, a year ish. But before that, it was just a handful of other projects that were kind of more, um, take what you can like get or what you can fit into your schedule and some fun stuff there but basketball's definitely been amazing and really eye-opening and exciting to to work on 
Have you, so it sounds like in this new current position, you are more in touch with the athletes than before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What have you learned from them? Like being, you know, you're doing your job and making, creating these awesome stories in the advertising world, connecting with the viewers and, you know, taking in mind all these aspects. But, you know, as when you have a coworker or when you work on a project with someone, what have you learned from them? Maybe not firsthand, but, you know, just like in the wider scope. Yeah. So um, I think what I had in my last team was obviously that sense of like family or that sense of partnership and like we're going to get through this together and we're going to solve amazing problems together. And in my current role, um, my direct boss, he's a total basketball junkie. He like knows everything and anything. Um, stats, names, stats, players. Names. And I'm getting there. I'm getting good. <laughs> Um, but, he, and I'm not saying I'm getting there. I'm, I'm okay right now. Um, We're a work in progress. Yeah, I'm work in progress. I'm saying I'm better than I'm getting there. I'm like a step beyond I'm getting good. there. I'm there and I'm I'll always have room to improve. Um, so I think what we have found is that we're a really complimentary team mm -hmm. where he's knows everything about the sport. He's, you know, a seasoned advertising guy. And I have kind of this like digital experience, social media experience, and then, just my general interests. My general interests are so many things. Um, and that's part of what I really drew, what drew, really drew me to basketball is that it's a clash of, yes, it's the best athletes in the world, the craziest and biggest personalities in the world. But when you watch a game or you go to a game, like look at who's there and it's a cross section of people, not only in the fans, but on the court and watching sitting there. Uh, you have, you know, superstars in fashion, in music, in design, in politics, like just and CEOs so many, and, yeah, and CEOs yeah. and like all of these different people. And it's a mashup of worlds and it brings people together. Mm -hmm. um, and I think overall with sport, that's just like something that has always drawn me to working in this industry is it does bring people together. Mm. Like growing up and playing soccer or running track or cross country or what have you, like not only the people that were on my team, but the people that I would be like on the starting line with we're all completely different and we all have the same goal. Yeah. And I just think it's, it's that in, in and of itself is magical. It is. Per the podcast. It's um, the common thread yeah, of humans, totally. like coming from all backgrounds. And as you were saying, like, yeah, the audience is very diverse and not only on the court side, but you see grandmas, like yeah, 90 year olds it. that have been holding season tickets forever. Yeah. yeah. And then you see, kids and families and couples and like all colors and sizes and backgrounds. I really like that. Yeah. What is your favorite part of your job right now? It could be a specific task or something more, something that brings you joy. I'm really lucky in my job that, and everybody that, you know, everybody loves their job for different reasons. Mm -hmm. My job specifically is be what I love is that I get to kind of create memorable moments for people. So that happens, that could happen if you're a barista and you're making a great cup of coffee for someone. That can happen if you're a designer and you're creating a great product. Mm -hmm. um, but I think I love the conversation that comes out of the stories that we get to tell and we get to tell them at such a big scale. And that's really gratifying to see. It's gratifying when you know, our athletes react to it really well and mm -hmm. they are proud of the story and they feel the story and You know, if it's it's we get to do just such an array of things from funny to sentimental, serious, um, emotional, we get to play in so many areas. 
And that's that to me is really fun. Like just you get a brief and you have to figure out the best way to tell that story. And it's not ever going to be what you expected it to be. Mm-hmm. So um, doing creating the unexpected and like giving people something to um, react to. Is really and that fun. is emotional marketing at its core. A lot of people don't know this, but I have a marketing degree. And my when I talk about it and they're like, oh, why, how? That, like creating that, those moments and experiences for people, not just like, oh, brand experience and no, 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 but just like that, that thing that you cannot really pinpoint with emotional marketing, but it makes you feel. Yeah. Whatever that is, you know. And this time of year, especially with the holidays, and I don't know when you'll air this, but everyone knows what the holidays are about. Um, There's so many great stories that are told and we don't play in that area. We don't, it's not our place to do that, but um, it's, it's great to watch those because they're like mini films and you just get to like jump into a world like the Apple one I'm sure you loved with yeah. the girl, the artist, jump into that world and explore that world and be entertained, but also learn something. That's amazing. What is a day in the life of Lydia? Hmm, good question. Um, a day in the life. Usually I don't set an alarm. Mm-hmm. I used to do morning workouts, but I've been slacking. I do them <laughs> during the day now. Um, and do you, do you set up an alarm? Does that mean that you still like wake up at a certain time by yourself? So my kid is my alarm. Oh, That's I why. see. <laughs> and so it's kind of fun. It's a cute alarm. Because, um, I could wake up anywhere from 530 to 730. Mm-hmm. Unless I have a meeting that's like at eight or yeah, something, I'll set to, an alarm. Of course. But um, most of my meetings don't start till 8.30 or 9, so I'm I'm okay. So my kid is my alarm, and I he'll come into our room and, you know, tell us something like... He... I need to make uh, a pause <laughs> so you know. So this super cute alarm that Lydia is talking about, <laughs> his name is Mario, goes by Momo, affectionately, and... No, I, I can't. You'll like, have to interview him for yes. a magical human. He is. <laughs> like, um, Lydia shares a lot of moments and experiences. Content. content of her life, family life and work life on her Instagram. And Momo is just the most adorable, inventive, silly. Uh, it's, he's just so cute. He's a character. He's a character. He is. I do have to say, though... People that meet him sometimes, if he's not on a good day, they'll be like, oh, that's a little different than what I see online. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, like I try to keep it us. real. Yeah, exactly. 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 Oh, that's one thing that I really love about you. Like, so how I learn about your work and about you is because I stumbled upon your blog, Making La Madre, which we're going to talk in a little bit. And I'm, I was reading all these things and I'm like, she is skipping it so real. And I'm not a mother yet. But you were talking about, you know, life stuff and motherhood stuff and work stuff. And I'm like, yes. And then, you know, I like, you know, did a little bit of research on Instagram. I'm like, okay, here's the Instagram page for Making La Madre, which is run by Lydia. Okay, then Lydia. And, you know, it's <laughs> I just... I know, it's a whole constellation. Yeah, it. but, you know, I love that it, we could turn that, like, digital connection yeah. um, into a totally. real-life relationship. Yeah. And, yes, that's one of the things, if you ask me, like, you know, all of my guests have different factors in their personalities or their lives that make me them consider them magical humans. And for me, one of 
among all of your virtues and you're such a badass um, career woman and a mom, but you keep it real. Okay. And I fucking love that. Good. Just Thank like you. honest. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I, I try to keep it real and I try to catch myself when I don't, when I'm not being my true self. Um. Anyway, so he'll come in. He'll wake us up. I forget where I left off, but he'll wake <laughs> us up. And say something. He'll say something. He'll say something like, it's not the middle of the night anymore <laughs> or like whatever. So something funny. And then we'll wake up. If it's like I said, if it's a meeting morning, then I'll wake up, get dressed and just get in the car and go and put my makeup on in the car. And then if it's not a 830 morning, then I can like get him breakfast and I take him to school and then I go to work after school. He starts school um, between 830 and nine. He gets to be dropped off anywhere in there. So that's my morning. I get to work. And then I'm usually in a handful of meetings mm -hmm. and that's either being briefed or presenting work or hearing from partners about how they can help us, you know, tell better stories or it's talking with other team members and collaborating about how to bring our stories to life. And that's something that I think I learned from my last team. We had a lot of great collaboration and that's really important to the work I do. And that's something that is important in, in any role at um, our company. But um It's something that I bring to every job and hopefully every interaction outside of work too is just that sense of collaboration and like, let's solve this. There's there's a better solution here. Like teamwork let's makes get dream to work. The, I'm a very like, um, I love efficiencies and collaboration and just like getting stuff done. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So tell mm -hmm. us about making La Madre. Why, how, when? Great what? question. So not a lot of people still know about it, I feel like. Um, only recently, about a month ago, I, um, right before our trip to Japan, I kind of quit that Instagram. And that Instagram was born from a blog that I created in my, entering my third trimester. And it's a funny story. I was on a shoot for work in LA. And my hotel was right by a Madewell store. Mm-hmm. And I walked into that store just with some free time. And I was like, all these clothes are oversized. Like, they fit a pregnant body so well. Like, everything's a big bulky sweater or a big <laughs> um, Oxford shirt that's like, everything's just oversized. Yeah. Um, and I was like, these are all great for a pregnant body. I was like, I'm going to create a Instagram or a blog all about, like, look at all these outfits you can get at <laughs> Madewell. And I went, like, back to my room. And after – Like before, when I should be sleeping, I just like was like exploring and creating stuff on my computer. And I like texted my best friend and I was like, what do you think about this? What should I call it? So it was originally called Madre Madewell. Mm. La Madre Madewell. So, you know, Madre means mother, mother in Spanish. Yes. So like the mother from Madewell mm -hmm, kind of. Mm -hmm. And then after about like four or five days, I realized mm, this content isn't going to like, it's an, you can't create a ton of content off of this idea So then, like, after five days, I turned it into uh, making La Madre uh -huh. instead of La Madre Made Well. Because making I was... Making the mother. Making the mother because it was kind of like I am um, turning into a mother. I am making myself into a mother. Mm -hmm. This thing is making me into a mother. <laughs> This uh, thing yeah. inside me. And I was really reluctant about being pregnant. Like I mentioned, I, I was surprised that I got pregnant when I did. I was on the pill, but I was, like, not doing it very well um and so I got pregnant and I was I remember like crying and nobody expected me to get pregnant and not my husband not me but like he came home 
from work one day and I was like, I just got a pregnancy test because I was like, I don't feel like myself. I feel bloated. I haven't had my period. I was like, I just need to rule this out. There's no way I'm pregnant, but I just need to rule it out. Yeah. So I didn't even tell him I was getting the test. And I got the test and took it. And then he came home like 10 minutes later. And I just like threw it in his face. And he's like, what are you doing? What is this? And I was like crying and like fear and like of course I was just like shock and surprise and and everything yeah and I was like how is this happening what is this like (laughs) what did we do and I was like freaking out like I was a 13 year old girl that got pregnant and then came back down to earth I was like I'm married we own a house we have good jobs we have supportive families like this isn't the worst thing we're healthy like this isn't a bad thing like a lot of people probably want this to happen it's not happening to them Anyways, we kept it a secret to ourselves for a long time. And then on the 4th of July, we told our families. And that was like the middle. That was like at four months pregnant. And then three, two, three months later, I started this blog. um, And mostly to document like my like anxiety. Your experience. And my experience. And I didn't feel completely comfortable like, first of all, even talking about being pregnant or like looking pregnant. And didn't really want to talk to anyone about it or have people that I felt like would understand or want to hear me talk about it. So I just started writing kind of anonymously on this blog. Mm-hmm. I journaled a ton when I was younger. So it was kind of like Natural an updated version of that. Um, and then ultimately he was born. He was born uh, almost two weeks early, the 23rd. So his birthday's in Three days. Three days. Um, And he'll be four. And his name is Mario. And he's really fun. Um, But yeah. And then so it's kind of evolved from being about like one of my first posts was like WTF I'm pregnant. And then about like breastfeeding and like crusty nipples and (laughs) yeah, the gross gross stuff and like stuff no one had told me about. Mm -hmm. And um, so I created this kind of companion Instagram for it. And that's where I ultimately made a bunch of my mom friends. And it was great because I had this kind of like closed off, not private because I had it as a public Instagram, but I had the real me, Lydia Lauer, Instagram. Yeah. And then I had Making La Madre where I could like overshare and, yeah. overshare the baby photos and like, you know, breast milk stained t-shirts and all that kind of stuff. And is it me or you had a post, and I think that's the first one I read, where you enlisted like the five or 10 things, most unuseful things that people ask for in their, in oh, their, in their baby, baby showers. Yeah, baby <laughs> registry. You did, right? So yeah, that's I how did. I found you. And I'm yeah. like, and you know, okay, now I remember it's all coming back to me. I was, it was before Juan and I were getting married. Uh-huh. And since we were going to get married in Mexico, and usually in Mexico, you know, people take their gifts to yeah. there, but it was, you know, we were like, it's going to be kind of awkward, but then we don't want to be just like, oh, we one money or gift cards. So someone suggested like, hey, do an Amazon register. Yeah. They have yeah. A, I'm an Amazon register list and anything in the World Wide Web you can convert into a registry yeah. with the Amazon yeah. Yeah. Universal Partner or something. So I was not like, sponsored, oh, by the way. Not sponsored. <laughs> Jeff Bezos, if you want to throw at us some millions, mm. we're good with that. Anyway, yeah, so I was reading and then, you know, it all started because of the KitchenAid. You know, it's it's something that you see. Yeah, so iconic. So iconic. Mine's in my garage. Yes. Like, in, I bought an immersion blender for $12 at Fred Meyer. And that's and what it's amazing. Exactly. It's amazing. So the KitchenAid, right? And I'm like, 
oh, do, am I gonna really use it? I love baking and things. And they're and, pretty. They're and like, pretty, well designed, but also like bulky and heavy. Exactly. And at the moment, I was doing some. I don't want to say minimalistic, but just like I love free counter space. Me too. So I, you know, t- saying to Google, I used type like, do I really need a KitchenAid? And then boom, all these things came like pros and cons. You know how you enter like you're 50 tabs deep into like someone's blog or something or like all these research and Google pages. And that's how I stumbled upon. It was like a list. I think it was a, a, an article enlisting blog posts that enlisted unuseful like most unuseful oh, really? uh, things on registries or something and i'm like ah oh, a baby sh-. like yeah i want to know about all the baby shower and then yeah. you know that's how i found you yeah so i did yep i did that is that is that <laughs> blog post seal up yeah okay people yeah. you need to read it if you're Even going if you're, a- if you're going to a baby shower yes or super if important having a baby shower yourself it's very helpful i think in, in that blog post, you were keeping it so real. You're like, oh, you know, these things, everyone has it in their registry. I did not use them at all. I use this thing. Well, because that's what happened. So I was like, didn't know what to do about a baby. So when you're, just like when you're getting married, when you're going through a divorce, when you're whatever, people give you advice. Yes. And so I had Unsolicited. People, yeah, I had people give me like five Google lists. They were like, these are all the things I got for my registry for my baby. And they were amazing. And like, I had all these lists and they all had like, Anywhere from like 50 to 100 things on them. And I was like, hell no, I don't Mm -hmm. need all this stuff. And so then like, and they all had the same things, like a wipe warmer. Your baby doesn't need, you know, it's just silly and it's a waste. But point is, yes, I do. I try to be a little bit more minimalistic with the things that I'm, yeah, have around. And just like, I want someone else's reasoning and advice as to why or why you don't need it. So I put that post together. Um, Which I loved, and I still appreciate, even if I'm not pregnant yet. But you know, we as humans in a society, we go to baby showers. Yeah, we have a lot like of cousins them. and friends and stuff. And I feel like the the more I grow older, I just want to give. I I think since I was a kid, I was always into thoughtful gifts. Totally same, always. But it, now even more when I appreciate my time and my energy and others people time and energy and money and all of these things is like. I don't want to give them some crappy yeah. thing. I want to yeah. give them something that they really use. Or meaningful. Meaningful. So, yeah, I have – I now go off the registry and I usually just get people books. Mm. Like great children's books, like either classics or one that Mario loves. Because, like, who doesn't want – who's not going to read or have books around for the baby? Yeah. Um. So I do that. Or I give them something – if it's on there, if they're already asking for it, it's something that I found actually useful. Yes. Um. And then I have a rule for first birthdays. It's very important. Okay. Tell us. First birthdays are crazy in my head, in my opinion, excuse me. Um. People go over the top. We're finally having our first, like, real deal birthday for Mario this year because he goes to school and he has friends. And I felt a bit of mom guilt from some other people I know in terms of like birthdays are a magical time and your child should be able to, you know, you want to create amazing memories for them. But they don't remember. Well, so now he's when four. Be- oh, yeah. So now, now he's four. Yeah. And their kids are the same age. So I was like, OK, we're going to do it. So we're doing Mochella because we call him <laughs> Mo and he loves music. So we're doing Mochella tomorrow night at my house. Um, 
you need VIP tickets. So <laughs> watch out. Also, it makes sense that you're doing Mochella because Momo, when you start following Lydia, because you will, you'll fall in love with her and her adventures. Momo is super musical and he plays the ukulele and he's always singing and making up songs about things. Yes, always. Very entertaining. Okay, so what can you tell us about your experience as a mom and a career woman in such a thriving industry that, you know, I don't want to say it never sleeps, but, you know, it never stops because there's always a next basketball season. There's always like things going on, advertising. There's like a calendar, media calendar. So what can you tell us about that? Yeah, Um, I good question. Um, Even if I wasn't in working on this sport, I think because of my company, it would still be wild and busy. But I know that I need that to keep me happy. Like I need to feel a sense of, um, I guess, fulfillment, but also like pride in the work I do. Mm -hmm. I don't think that I'm not like wild and crazy and like working all hours of the night. Sometimes my job is like that. And it it is in more in those peaks and valleys like I talked about before. And I appreciate that now more because of my family, because Mm -hmm. I have a kid and a husband and want to spend quality time with those guys. Um, but my job does take me all over the world and, and at unexpected times. And my husband, he's a commercial director. So he is, he's been in LA for the past week. He gets home tomorrow and then. Woo, for um, Mochella. Yeah, right for Mochella. <laughs> yep. He's got the VIP private plane straight to, <laughs> straight to our house. Um, so we both work a lot. He's also in the creative industry, right? Yep. Yep. He, um, cre- he's, uh, creates concepts and then directs commercials and music videos and stuff. Um, so he, him and I work a ton and we have to always kind of figure out who's on. Mm-hmm. And I always, I kind of need a little bit of structure. I want, I want to be like, you're the Monday morning drop off and mm-hmm. the Monday evening pickup. And I'm the, the, like, I just need to know that so I can plan around it. Yeah. And also I bet sometimes it's, uh, close to impossible, but align your peaks and valleys. Yeah. yeah so yeah. you can totally, like take care totally, of your kids. Totally. And- totally. That's a good, uh, goal for 2019. <laughs> Align your peaks and valleys. Align <laughs> your peaks and valleys. But yeah, so we are always trying to figure out who's doing what and when, but we still haven't f- sorted out. And it's always like, it's six o'clock and I'm on my way home and I'm like, are you picking him up or am I picking him up? <laughs> What's going on? Who's making dinner? Who's doing this? Who's doing that? Um, but fortunately, my mom lives super close to us and she is... A lifesaver. A lifesaver and the primary caretaker of not only my kid, but me and my husband (laughs) and my adult brother and sisters and her grandchildren. So, you know, she's always available and lives super close. And moms are the best. Yeah. So she'll like drop me off at the airport and then take care of Mario for three days because I'm gone and Mike's gone Mm -hmm. and then pick me up at the airport. So that helps a lot. And that is definitely how I balance things, I guess. So relying on other people mm-hmm. and, no, and asking it, for help. It's a team effort. Yeah. Like you were saying in your job, like one of the things you liked the most was collaboration and then like, let's solve this together. Yeah. It's the same experience yeah. that you're describing with your husband and yeah. your kid. You know, yeah. like, hey, are you picking him up? Yeah. Like who's making dinner? Yeah. Like to yeah. make it work, you yeah, need yeah, to collaborate yeah. in yeah. whatever environment we're in. Totally, totally. So, so collaboration, communication, all that stuff. What has been the hardest lesson to learn? I think probably that being a mom, especially to a toddler right now, 
and I know it'll come back when he's a teenager and when he's a 20-something-year-old. Um, but just having your child um, bring out the best and the worst in you. So That's very real. A relationship does that too, but a kid – because you're always supposed to be their role model and you're always supposed to be teaching them and you're they're always learning from you and they're soaking everything up. Um, that's really hard for me to kind of grapple with because I see myself not always being the best role model because I'll be upset with him or angry with him or he's, you know, taking his like colors and writing on my wall or took out the whole roll of wrapping paper and made a tent under the dining room table. And I'm like, we just bought that wrapping paper. And we're still wrapping presents. It'll be wrinkly. <laughs> it'll be fine. Um, but I have to like take a step back from myself and like rather than react the way I want to, I'm just like, okay. I'm like, hey, you had fun with that wrapping paper. I'm happy for you. But you know, that's not what we're supposed to do with it. And this is what we're supposed to do with it. Or this summer when I got really mad at him because he was being – he's still being potty trained. He's like 99.9% there. <laughs> um, he peed. I He didn't want to pee in the bathroom, so he went outside and he was going to pee on the grass, but he peed on my cousin's foot. And she's a mom of three boys. She doesn't care. But for me, I was like, my kid is not going to be peeing on people's feet. Come on. <laughs> that is not acceptable. Um, so I like scooped him up. I took him upstairs and I was just like real mean in his face. And I was like, that is not Okay. That is not something that I want you to be doing. I don't care if people were laughing about it, but that is – that's not okay. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Yeah. Um, and, like, then he, like, shriveled up like a – what do you say? A blob. A, a, they say this for shrinking violet. Like, oh, a, he, he shriveled up like a little flower, and he was so, like, hurt and sad that I had gotten so mad at him. And I was like, do I care that he's sad? Should I care that he's sad? Did he learn his lesson? I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something that I'm learning and dealing with right now is just like how to be consistent in my parenting mm -hmm. and disciplining because he has such a fun, wild side and such a like go lucky kind of guy. But I don't want him to take advantage of me and he needs to. And pee on people's feet. And pee on people's feet. <laughs> or, I mean, making a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Making a wrapping things. paper fort is cool. But, hey, man, you got to have some boundaries. Yeah. So that's something that I'm dealing with. And hopefully it gets better that he's going to turn four in a few days and he'll just turn into an angel. But mm, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. And I think it, for me, is it's it's difficult now that he's becoming his own person to see that he is. Yes, he's his own person. And I love that. But he's also a reflection of me, and I mm. want him to be a reflection of the good versus, like, the bad. Yeah. So that's a lot to think about. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's very real. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, what is a common myth or misconception of your field of work? Um, did you ever watch the show Mad Men? Yes. I love that show. Um, that's very traditional. Mad Men is a lot of things that was comical, wrong or mm -hmm. different from that time. In that era. In that era in general. Um, and of course, it sort of glamorized and glorified advertising. Mm -hmm. In my team, it is pretty even, if not more, men to women. And we work across all sports, not just basketball. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of a misconception is that, you know, advertising is a bunch of dudes telling you like this, that, the other. Um Especially in basketball. I'm like, or just coming with ideas themselves and like, oh, make that, yeah, make that work. Yeah. Or, and especially, I think for me being a female non basketball player working mm -hmm. on basketball advertising, that's a very, 
it's al- not alarming, but it's surprising to a lot of people, even at my company. They're like, oh, you didn't grow up doing this and you didn't? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, yes, and yes, I am good and, at this. Yeah, and that's what I have. I've gotten that feedback. So that's great from like really notable and respectable like people in in not just advertising, but in the basketball in- industry as well. What is a toy that you always wanted but never had? Well, I was a very creative child. You were? You can imagine. Mm-hmm. So like for Christmas, and it's funny because my niece is almost asking for the same identical thing this year. Annabella, which yeah. she's so cute. And you'll see her on Lita's <laughs> Instagram. I love her. Um, this morning she spent the night and um, she put on kind of like a cute, fancy little outfit. And Mario was like, Annabella, you look like a princess. <laughs> And I was like, that's so sweet to say. Um, or a future president, whatever. But, you know, yes. the sentiment was there. Um, so when I was little, I asked for a doodle station for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Was it was it like that like a thing? No, nope. just like I made it up. Okay. And so, so my niece is asking for almost the same thing where I just wanted like a designated spot with all of my art supplies. Yeah. She's at, I forget what she's calling it, but she made it up also. So I got I ended up getting that. I can think of – I probably wanted, like, a, one of those little cars that you could sit in and drive Power in. Power wheels? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I never got that. Me neither. Yeah. And I always wanted one, too. Yeah. So I feel you. Yeah. What is a moment when you feel magical? I think uh, when I have people that I deeply care about around me mm-hmm. and maybe entertaining when I'm entertaining. Sorry, your family has a tradition of doing – Friday pizza night, right? I don't entertain then. Okay. I don't feel magical then. I feel more like (laughs) stressed. I'm like, ah, like my kid's going to pee on someone's foot again. (laughs) That was when he peed on someone's foot. Um, So I think entertaining actually. And this past weekend I had some of my best friends over because we had a girlfriend in town um, and we all hadn't been together in a really long time. Um, And we were just in my house that is like, you know, a fun, colorful space that we just – have put together recently um and it was just so nice to just we didn't do anything we just sat around and chatted and had conversation and talked about you know current events and friends and relationships and ourselves and careers and everything um and I just felt really grateful to be there with them and but, be able to host them but and- also to like facilitate that mm-hmm. um and I like to bring different people together and um, introduce different people and see what happens and how they can sort of spin off and create their own little orbit and friendship. So I think that's recently when I felt magical. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Our versions of magical are so different from yeah. human being to human yeah. being. Yeah. Share an unpopular opinion. Mm, this is unpopular. I'm ready to like remove myself a bit from the family traditions around the holidays we have. <laughs> That's unpopular. Any specific traditions? Maybe more so just starting new traditions. Turning a leaf and starting new mm-hmm. traditions. I'm just, the holidays really tire me out. And I don't even do any hosting. I'm just bouncing around from place to place. But is it dynamic? Yeah. So I just want to try something new. So maybe we'll travel soon or we will just be at, meet at a different time of day. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, but I think that's something that I, as you grow up and as you mature and develop more into your, and become more of you, more of you, 
you get to have those opinions and you get to say things that maybe make other people uncomfortable. And it's about maybe being selfish, but also just like trying to create the best experiences out there. So that's definitely unpopular. With my and also I feel <laughs> doing that because I, I can relate to that. It's being mindful about what makes you be your the best version of yourself. So sometimes it takes that. Yeah. But then you're able to like be yeah. engaging. Well, and it's the same way that like, you know, you have to question why you're doing things. And if you're doing things just because it's the way that they've been done. Can you share any crazy travel stories with us? Crazy travel <laughs> stories. Yes. How much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> well, pick one pick or one. two that you're like, oh, my God, that was the weirdest, funniest. I don't know. I have a handful. Okay. So we were just in Japan mm -hmm. and we found great tickets to Japan. We knew we wanted to go somewhere in November and it was the cheapest place to go out of all the places we wanted to explore. And it was somewhere we'd never been. So we flew to Tokyo for 10 days, Mike and Mario and myself. So the three of us. And Japan is a country of, you know, tradition and so much like politeness and um, not the place where you take like a wild thing kid <laughs> and his like wild thing parents. One morning I was out for a walk with Mario and we saw this mini donut truck and it was a mini truck and they sold mini donuts out of it. And we were like, oh, when they open, we'll have to come back. So sure enough, we walked around this uh, our neighborhood that day and then came back and the mini donut place was open. So we don't speak Japanese, crazy in and of itself, right? Um, and I point to the donuts I want, and the man is like, okay, and he, like, starts preparing donuts. And he's – I asked for cinnamon sugar donuts, and he's making the almond – chocolate almond donuts. And mm -hmm. I was like – I pointed again. I was like, these ones? And he's like, mm -hmm, like, no problem, whatever. Yeah. He's gesturing to me. Um, and I was like, okay. And so ultimately, like a minute later, he gives me the almond chocolate donuts and the cinnamon sugar donuts. And I was like, okay, like I'm not buying them. I like I paid for it already. And, yeah. But it was a gesture he was making. He was uh -huh. being polite and kind and it was like a gift. And they're very big on gift gift receiving and gift giving. Not receiving, Japanese but, culture. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the woman in line behind me spoke English and I was like, oh, do you want almond chocolate donuts? Like, I don't want almond chocolate donuts. And she was like, sure. And I gave them to her. And that was like very rude of me because mm -hmm. this man had given this to me as a yeah. gift. And you're and trying to be efficient I, and, and I'm just practical. Like, yeah, and, and I'm like, well, I'm not going to eat them and no one else is going to eat them. Like, maybe she wants them. And so then Mike, my husband, made me feel really bad because I pretty much like re-gifted in front of that guy when he Not only re-gifted, but in front of that <laughs> yes, guy. Exactly. Oh, my God. I don't know if that's crazy, but that just made me – there was a lot of things there that just made me feel like, oh, I'm not doing this right or I'm I'm disrespecting people or who knows what. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, the last one, what do you wish you had known when you started as a mom or as a career woman? Something I wish I had known before I became a mom was that I never, like, enjoyed my pregnancy. I was hiding it. I was uncomfortable. I was like, didn't want people finding out before I told them. And I was just very not myself and not comfortable. And I wish that I had been more comfortable when I was mm. pregnant. I also thought that I wasn't, I really dreaded having a baby in the sense of like. The actual delivery? No, I didn't oh. ever think about that. <laughs> You, nobody does what I think. Nobody does until like I feel like it's just like an afterthought for a lot of people. But I just didn't. I'm not a warrior. I'm not someone that's gonna like things are just gonna happen and you have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna be spending my time 
con- concerned about something if I don't really have any control over it. So that's not my nature to do that. But I thought that like he wouldn't be fun until he was like a year old. And he was fun at like two months, three months. And that was a surprise to me because mm. I just thought about it so much being like the, you know, labor of like so much of the same thing and monotony and da 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 The feeding, the yeah. napping. And the- like not like feeling like myself and this, that, the other. And I actually realized after I gave birth, like I felt more like myself than mm. I thought I would. So I thought I was just going to be completely removed and be like – you know, who was I and who am I and where did me go? And th- that's why I started the whole blog. Um, and I, there, are, of course, are things that have changed, but I feel just a lot more, like, confident in myself and a lot more myself mm. than I was before. Like, I grew into myself, kind of. That's very inspiring. And me as a, in the future mom-to-be, it gives me hope because that is one of my fears. Like, yeah. oh, I'm going to be so... You know, I want to keep doing my thing and being myself, yeah. but also I love babies and I know that I'm going to go crazy about them when I have them. But like, oh. yeah, so it's it's nice to hear from someone on the other side yeah. and share your unique insights about motherhood and working in a big corporate yeah. industry. I don't know. Thank you so much for coming and for sharing your realness. Like, seriously, that's one thing that I cannot... I hope I was real. You were very real. (laughs) And that is one thing that I cannot get enough about you. Like, when you're sharing things about Momo or your work or your traveling, which you do a lot, it's just like, yes, just keep them coming because they make me feel seen. Even if I don't have a kid yet, even if I'm not traveling to Japan, but it's like... Relatable. Yes. Good. Very relatable and very funny. So where can people find you? So I am no longer posting to Making La Madre on Instagram. But the blog still lives. The blog's still there. And I post mm, at least once a month, maybe Mm -hmm. two, three times. Um, And I'm just at Lydia Lauer, L-Y-D-I-A-L-A-U-E-R on, you know. Instagram. And all around Southeast Portland. (laughs) (laughs) And also all around the world. Yeah. Yeah. What's next for you? Besides Mochella tomorrow. Yeah, Mochella tomorrow night. I got to pick out my concert outfit. It's a big deal. No. In the next year um, or two, I'm hopeful that my family can go and live somewhere different for a little bit. Portland's always home. We're from Portland, but we want to go explore and live in another part of the world for a little while. Have you thought of countries or specific cities? I'd love to go to Mexico City. Mm -hmm. Somewhere Spanish speaking would be great. But, like, I couldn't say no to, like, a Paris or a London or a big city like that um, or somewhere in Italy, Milan or who knows what. So, yeah, I'm hopeful for that to come up. I do have a sabbatical because I've been working at my company for 10 years. So um, we need to plan something good for, like, a six-week chunk. And when I was with my my magical time with my girlfriends this past weekend – um, they encouraged me to like spend a week or two kind of by myself somewhere, which I thought was really cool. And I've never, I mean, I've done sort of stuff like that, but not like so intentionally. Mm-hmm. So like that would be amazing to figure out something like that. That's so cool. Oh, see, Lydia always making things happen <laughs> and being the most efficient and practical and fun way. Oh. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening. This is what I am taking away from my conversation with Lydia. Number one, 
Sometimes there's a small window for a big change. Take the leap. Number two, it's okay to feel all your feelings and show your emotions. Number three, all the challenges, new jobs, and new projects you take on will expose you to new things and prepare you for what's next. Number four, be honest with yourself. Ask for what you need. Number five, even though we might seem completely different, on the court, we're all the same. Number six, nurture your team. They are your family away from home after all. And teamwork makes a dream work. Number seven, if you are not happy where you are, make a change. Keep moving. Number eight, Madewell clothes are awesome for pregnant buddies. Number nine, do more of the things that make you feel magical. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and you feel a little bit more inspired, more magical, more human. If you like this episode, please subscribe to the show. Say hello to me on Instagram and tell me what resonated with you or what did you like the most about today's episode. If anything you listened to made you think of someone, please go share it with them. The world is a better place when we make each other feel seen. And again, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. I see you, I hear you, I love you. Talk to you next week. Bye. This show is produced by Annie Fassler of Puddle Creative with music by Megan Diana and cover art by Vania Vananina, that's me, and Maya Busby. Busby.